back together again. Welcome hey. to the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly source of information for movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name's Mike, and back with us is hey. Matt. Hi, uh, Matt. His name is Mike. Welcome back to the Media Boat Podcast, live and in person. This is August the 28th. I almost said September. I'm jumping the gun a couple Almost. Days. Uh, but yeah, August 28th, 2022, this is episode 346. Thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah, what he said, it's the Media Boat Podcast. You know what to expect. Movies, television, video games, and music, not necessarily in that order. News and thoughts and everything else we want to talk about. So, why don't we get rolling right into it? Yep, and we start with the music section. And we start the music section with the Billboard Hot 100. Okay. And at number one, super hot, it's... Super Freaky Girl by Nicki Minaj. This one's a bit of a surprise. Yeah. I don't think anybody would have bet on a Nicki Minaj single becoming a hot, like a number one hit immediately. No, I didn't see this one coming out of it, coming out of anywhere. Uh, at two, as it was by Harry Styles. Coming in at three, about damn time by Lizzo. Uh, that means coming in at four, mm-hmm. dropping to four. Yeah. Break My Soul by Beyonce, and rounding out your top five. Running Up That Hill, A Deal With God by Kate Bush. Do you think we see uh, Running Up That Hill run back up the hill to number one when we get to spooky season in a month? No. No? No. No, because that's when the Monster Mash comes in. <laughs> what if What if we lived in a universe where it wasn't just Christmas novelty songs that get to the top of top five? What if, like, all of a sudden, it's, uh, like, your top five on October 31st is, like, yeah, like that, and like... Um, um, what's this? <laughs> what's this? Welcome, this and is Halloween. Dead Man's Party. Dead Man's Party. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be yeah. really funny. It's not going to happen, but no. that'd be really funny. As for your <laughs> albums chart, your Billboard 200, at number yes. one, Beautiful Mind by Rod Wave. I've seen that movie. Coming in at two, Un Verano, Sinti by Bad Booney. Mm-hmm. Uh, dropping to three, Renaissance by Beyonce. Coming in at four, Trauma... Traumazine. Traumazine. By Megan the Stallion. And rounding out your top five. Marvin Wall. No, no, no. Yeah. Nope. No. No. The Last Slime Toe by Young Boy Never Broke Again. So, yeah, no Morgan Wallen this week. Yay. He's at number six. Oh, he's at number six. Yeah. <laughs> just, just outside. Um, just outside. All right. Uh, if you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases, including. <laughs> the sick, the dying, dot dot dot, and the dead by Megadeth. Yes, that, that Megadeth. Megadeth. Uh, we also have "Hold the Girl" by Rina Sawanya. Sawama. Sawayama. So Sawayama. Sure. And uh, uh, there's also "Keep on Smiling" by Two Door Cinema Club, and the self-titled debut of "Young Blood" by. Young blood. Yep, something for everyone, I guess. Maybe. All right. Let's get into the music news, shall we? And we start with music bits. Yeah, just a handful of bits. A lot happened this week in the world of music. Uh, so let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, we start with Arcade Fire's Wynn Butler being accused of sexual misconduct mm-hmm. by four women. The uh, ongoing discovery that every man in music is terrible continues. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, obviously we um, are legally uh, responsible to add this has not been proven in the court of law. However, 
uh, for women is a lot of women. And um, he did end up making a statement after these accusations came out. Uh, when it said that he was in a, por- a period of his life that he was uh, drinking heavily and that he was, quote, depressed. Not saying that that's an excuse. And he also said that's not an excuse, but it was at, like added context to the situation. And he also mentioned that he believed that all those encounters were consensual. Uh, obviously, the women uh, making the accusations do not agree. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with this. Uh, we'll keep an eye out on the story as it evolves. But just know uh, that those accusations are out there. Uh, which is, yeah, disappointing for a guy that's been in the music industry uh, as in the, at the forefront of a band like Arcade Fire. It, it's, it's disappointing, is what I, the word I will use. It's disappointing. Yeah, and I mean, this is, all, this is four women accusing yeah. uh, Wynn Butler. It's not like 26 women accusing an no. NFL quarterback. Sure, <laughs> yes, but again, we can't get into the numbers game of no. comparisons no. because it's not a fair comparison. If it happens at all, it's bad. Yes. Uh, yeah, again, though. One is one too many. Yeah, one is one too many. So yeah, like we'll keep an eye out in the story. We'll see what happens with it going forward. But just so you know, uh, those accusations are out there, and that statement he made is out there as well. In uh, other news, we also have Marin Morris firing back at... <laughs> Jaspin Aldean. <laughs> Sorry, that should be an O. <laughs> Jaspin. Jason. Jason Aldean's yes, wife, okay. Brittany, after a transphobic comment, calls her Insurrection Barbie. <laughs> so, some context here. So, as you may well know, uh, Jason Aldean and his wife, Brittany Aldean, have mm-hmm. uh, kind of made themselves as cons- very outspoken conservatives on social media over the mm-hmm. last few years. Uh, the Insurrection Barbie uh, comment is specifically a reference to the fact that Brittany Aldean was at the January 6th riot, or at least encouraged it in some way on social media, I'm not actually sure, uh, but was involved in that event somehow. So, um, yes, I guess that there was some sort of transphobic joke made on social media. Marin Morris commented back at this, and it kind of went back and forth between the two of them. Cassidy Pope was also involved, uh, <laughs> got involved in the comments on Maris Morris's side. Wait, is depending. this Instagram beef or Twitter I don't beef? know if it was Instagram or Twitter. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just included that interaction Barbie <laughs> bit because it made me laugh. Uh, but yeah, come on. Like, come on, Brittany. Come on. You guys should know better. Uh, but yeah, just make, you know. Well, it's all, country music. Do that. The one thing, though, this has strengthened, one, my love of Marin Morris, and yes. two, it has strengthened my opinion that Jason Aldean has always been bad, and I feel, I st- I feel very confident in saying that now. <laughs> but yeah, so now you know, uh, country music beef. Country music beef. This week. Uh, being roasted. Yes. On an open social media platform. Exactly. <laughs> right. And lastly, in the music bits, uh... Olivia Rodrigo yes. decided to sing that Billy Joel song <laughs> with Billy Joel. Yeah, Billy Joel showed up at an Olivia Rodrigo concert. They did a couple of songs together, most notably Uptown Girl, mm-hmm. uh, because, of course, that's the song that Olivia mentions specifically in her song. So, uh, yeah, it was neat to see the two of them. I mean, say what you will about Billy Joel. But, uh, hey, Olivia is a fan, yeah. very clearly. So it must have been a very Put cool a song. moment for her. Uh, to have him on stage with her. So, yeah, clips of that are online if you want to see that. It's very cute. So. Yep. And now into some... Yes. Techno... Future news. Future news. <laughs> Technology clashes with music news. Yeah, every once in a while... Uh, 20, so, okay. 2022, you know, for sounding so futuristic, it has been a pretty mundane year. 
However, every once in a while, we'll get a story like this that'll remind you, oh, actually, are we living in the future? Is this actually the future? Have we just been ignoring all the future-y stuff that's been happening? Here's one of those. Because <laughs> uh, I completely forgot. Yes, you forgot. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah. So not long after announcing that Capital Label has signed a computer-generated rapper dubbed FN Mecca, Capital Music Group announced that it is severing ties with this project. <laughs> the move Tuesday uh, came after Capital came under fire from activists pointing out that the music per- perpetuated black stereotypes and included the repeated use of the N-word, but was actually the work of non-black creative team. Quote, Capital Music Group has severed ties with the FN Mecca project effective immediately, the label group said in a statement. Quote, we offer our deepest apologies to the black community for our insensitivity in signing this project without asking enough questions about equity and the creative process behind it. We thank those who have reached out to us with constructive feedback in the past couple of days. Your input was invaluable as we came to the decision to end our association with the project. So this is uh, yet another story and yet another example of this is why you need to have a diverse staff making these decisions. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, um, if anybody who did the, 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 the research on FN Mecca's videos <laughs> would have found this out pretty quickly. Um, I think the concept of having an AI rapper was, I guess, too lucrative for capital to, to pass on. And so they did it sight unseen without actually considering the history of the project. You mean a giant corporation signing a non-person to not pay them and (laughs) keep the profits? What could go wrong? I know. So, yeah, I mean, it's also, so there's that level of the story, which is obviously like, do your due diligence uh, Mm -hmm. when you're making a decision like this. Um, And there's the technology side of the story, too, which is, AI is always going to have this problem because AI is created by people. People have biases. That AI is always going to carry those biases with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's only going to develop things that are based on things that it has absorbed from actual people. It's not going to create organic things yet. We're not there yet. So of course, a rapper is going like a rapper that's programmed by white guys. <laughs> like it's going to be problematic if he's supposed to be. Anyway, so yeah, it's like we're just not there yet with the technology for this to be what they want it to be. So it's interesting. This is one of those culture and technology clashing stories. Um, We're just not there. We're just not there yet as a society. Maybe someday uh, we will have an AI-generated music star. Um, Just not there yet. Mm. I think we're already there because I firmly believe that Happy Birthday is (laughs) AI-generated. And no same person like actually created it, but we just all have as a community have accepted it as the birthday song. Yeah, no, yeah. it's just it, it, it. Because you can't credit it to any one person. Well, he tried. He tried. You can't. <laughs> well, so it's, it's like, AI generated. That reminds me of how you know there's those stories about like oh these like schoolyard songs they're different between like different regions. Yes. Like there's very very regional variants like oral tradition. Yes. Like it's fascinating stuff. Like soda and pop and cola. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But yeah so weird future story uh, but uh, ultimately just not a good idea yet people. Just 
maybe pay real people. That's just my suggestion. Uh, but if anything, technology is right around the corner. Maybe. It always is. It's, it's always, always peeking at you from around the corner, ready yep. to strike when you least expect it. But No, also, no that's just... Uh, that's just Mark Zuckerberg in the metaverse. It's true. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that strike when you least expect it, music. Yes, we had new releases. We do. Or, wait, no, we did that already. Yes, sorry. We, we have listened thoughts to some about stuff. some new albums that came we out. We listened to some stuff. Yes, we did. All right. Uh, so I'll go first real quick. Sure. Uh, Muse. Hey, speaking out, of technology. Speaking of technology. And people who are scared of it. Muse, Muse. Uh, came out with their <laughs> seventh, I believe, studio album. Probably. Probably. Uh, Will of the People, the first one in several years now. Um, and they're back at it. Um, instead of singing about dystopian futures, I mean, we're kind of living in it, so yeah. they're just singing about present stuff now. Which is both kind of like, hey, thanks for being like politically and socially topic and aware, but then also, oh my god, they're socially and politically topically aware yeah, yeah, of what's yeah. going on now. But then again, they've always been this way. And yet, here we are. It's kind of like a prophecy-fulfilling album. Especially yeah. from their previous stuff. Uh, I don't know if I like it. I like it that that's, it's big. It's loud. They have a huge range of influences. You definitely get your Queen influences. Your, um, you definitely get a lot of like metal influences too. As well as uh, more modern day punk and pop rock as mm -hmm. well. So a little bit in running that rock genre gamut within this album. But also within each song. Telling people to rise up. Tell people, little people, tell people, uh, basically, being D. Snyder, we're not going to take it. <laughs> but then again, they've always done this. So yeah. is anything really new? So Muse made a Muse record, is yeah. what you're saying. Now I have a question. So I've only heard the one single, the radio single, I think it's called Won't Back Down. Won't Back Down, yeah. And it's like five songs. It's like there's the whole thing that like it just keeps going and they yeah. can't decide what song they want to write. Is a lot of this album like that? No. Okay. A lot of it uh, sticks to a lane, sticks to a genre, and kind of stays in that. Uh, that's the one song that is very all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but then again, that's also the one song that kind of is the broadest reaching song on the whole album. Okay. Um, but it sounds like, though, if you are a fan of this kind of Muse vibe, yeah. if you like the... When you have a song titled, We're All Fucking Fucked... <laughs> to end the album, Will the People. Yeah. yeah. You're kind of making your statement there. It's funny because they know their wheelhouse. You, oh, yeah. And you and everyone probably listening to this has their, that one friend that's probably like, yeah, they probably are really into Muse. <laughs> well, that one friend is going to have a good time, it yes. sounds like. It's a Muse-ass Muse album. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, so, yeah. Unfortunately, not much to say about that besides that, I guess. I mean, you can listen to other Muse albums to gauge your... Yeah. Uh, discography on them. Right. Your interest, your level of interest. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yep. Speaking of level of interest. Yeah. You're very interested in what Demi Lovato's been doing. Uh, sometimes. Uh, not all the time. And this is one of those that falls into the uh, latter category, unfortunately. Because okay. you like the previous album. Yeah, well, the here's the thing. Uh, Demi Lovato uh, has, quite, has had quite the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about it on this podcast... If you don't know, uh, uh, here's like the brief uh, summary. Uh, in and out of rehab, uh, dealing with uh, drug recovery um, after heavy drug use, um, uh, changed, uh, changed their pronouns and then changed their pronouns back to be both she, her, and they, them. Uh, Demi's had quite an experience and the media has had a field day with her. 
constant interviews, constant write-ups, uh, quotes. Uh, she's been everywhere. Um, and this is kind of the culmination of that. So the last record was already kind of this document that she wanted to put out there, being like, this is what I've been through, and this is what I'm, like, confident about the, like, uh, about the changes that I'm making for the future, but also the, the worries that I have that maybe things aren't going to change right away. This, however, is... A, it, it, this is also kind of a recovery rehab record, but in a different way. This is, no, fuck the haters. I'm going to be me no matter what happens. And it's no longer, I'm no longer apologizing basically for my past. On top of the fact, on top of all that, it's also riding the pop punk wave that we've been seeing the last year. Think the Avril Lavigne mm -hmm. record that came out earlier this year. Um, that kind of vibe, like taking advantage of the Machine Gun Kelly renaissance that's happened uh, with the pop-punk genre. But then also referencing towards her own uh, more pop-punk sound that she started with when she started her solo career after her Disney years. So really, this is revisiting a vibe for Demi, uh, but also combining that with her more modern sensibilities and the trend. And the result is mixed, is what okay. I'll say. So the album's called Holy Fuck, with like a V instead of the U, because why not? And in all caps. And um, I don't know if I like it at all. Um, initially, I was hoping for something that was closer to Halsey's uh, record that she did with uh, Trent Reznor. Right. Uh, which we loved here at the Media Boat Podcast, or at least I did. Um, this tr tr tries for that and falls short. It's not quite as uh, interesting, uh, like, sonically. It leans a little too much on um, that pop-punk sensibility and not enough yeah, on that's anything more interesting, right? Um, and so it goes for it, but I just don't know if it meets that expectation. I don't think the songwriting is as good. I think lyrically there's some interesting things going on here. Like I said, it's a lot of like, like hey, like I'm going to be who I am, like haters back off kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's the most interesting part of it. The actual songs, though... They're not catchy enough. They're not interesting enough. They're not melodically interesting enough to like for me to care past the intent. So yeah, I didn't like. Yes. Intense. Oh no, not no, intense. intense. It's the intent. Um, so yeah, I didn't care for it too much. Your mileage may vary. If you like Demi's more rock-leaning stuff, then maybe give it a shot. If you're interested in her story, maybe there's enough to hold on to lyrically for this to be interesting to you. But ultimately, after that last one and how adventurous and interesting it was genre-wise, uh, this does not meet that same bar. I think it's fun in spots, but it's not as fun as the Avril record and it's not as fun as the Halsey record. So for me, it fell a little short. So Dancing with the Devil is the better album? I think it's the better album still, uh, but, this is but this is such a different thing that they're hard to compare. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I said, your mileage may vary. If you are into that current pop-punk wave, give it a shot. Or if you like Denny's stuff, typically, give it a shot. Other than that, I'd say it's a skip. It's not that exp it's not as uh, interesting as of a document of Demi's life as it should be, considering how interesting Demi's life has been. Okay. So, that's Holy Fuck. Also, Holy Fuck, the song, refers to, um, let's say, the action as opposed to, uh, a, um, a, a, as opposed to astonishment. Is what I'll say. Wait, like actually, yes, having sex. Yes, with, but God is a woman, <laughs> isn't it? Hey, Debbie like, agrees right. apparently, <laughs> and she thinks that it's her. Wait, so <laughs> having sex with yourself? No, well, 
It's unclear. <laughs> anyway, okay. so that's 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 that. Well, they have fun with that. And so yeah, I also I still I also did not listen to the the Megan Stallion record again. So maybe we'll eventually talk about it. I don't know. Dot dot dot. Eventually, we'll see. All right. Um, so let's get into some video game yes. news. Uh, or let's. let's start with uh, new releases for video games. Yes, uh, including Destroy All Humans Two. Reprobed. Uh, get uh, it? Uh, get for it. the PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. We, there's also Immortality. Yes, Immortality. By Xbox Series X and PC. So this is the next uh, Sam Barlow game. Uh, he is the developer that did Her Story, um, that award-winning game a few years ago. Uh, this is already getting like amazing reviews. This got a recent uh, 10 out of 10 in Edge magazine. Okay. Only like is this a Game Pass? This is yes. This is on Game Pass, so I will hopefully be checking this out. This is a he he deals in adventure games that are like use a lot of um, live action footage, and you're trying to pull push to pull uh, put together a mystery based on the watching clips of footage. Okay, I might check this one. This out. is about like I guess a um, a former actress, famous actress who went missing, trying to figure out what happened to her. It's a neat neat idea. Okay, I might check this one out. Yeah, check this out. It's on Game Pass next uh, when it comes out. Yeah. Um, there's also Tinykin for everything. Yep. Uh, TMNT, colon, the Cowabunga Collection yep. for everything. That's your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, arcade game arcade collection. Arcade game yes. collection, yes. Uh, there's also Call of the Wild, colon, the Angular I like, for the PC. I like the idea of this because it makes it sound like there's an entire franchise they're trying to build on the Call of the Wild IP. Which it's is not. It's just fishing. But no, it's not based on the book. I wish it was. Yes. That'd be great if it was. Right? It's a great name for a game like Call of Duty, Call of the Wild. And the Angular implies it's like, what are these wolves fishing? Like, <laughs> no, you're, you're a bear fishing with like your paw. <laughs> or try and grab it with your mouth and it right. jumps. <laughs> Uh, there's also JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, colon, All-Star Battle R, <laughs> which I'm going to assume is standing for Battle Royale, because it's a fighting game. Maybe, yeah. Uh, it's a fighting game uh, for PS4, that's PS5, everything. that's everything. Uh, there's also The Last of Us Part 1. Yes. For the PS5. That is nope, the PS... this is not the remake, this is not the remaster. No, this is the well, it re- is. No, it They're doesn't say remake, it. remaster. They're calling it part one. It's its own... Well, okay. Redone story. Yes, that is the Sony PR. What I will say is it, it is just a remaster. It is a... They changed the graphical assets to be a PS5 friendly. This will also be released on PC sometime next year. I don't think there's any like additional content. No, no additional content. This is just the original game with uh, redone visuals. That's all, right. all it is. Speaking of stuff that's fighting, Lego Brawls, <laughs> that is Lego fighting game yeah, uh, for everything. Yep. That's your, uh, also your wide release. And lastly, Made in Abyss, <laughs> colon, Binary Star Falling into Darkness for <laughs> the PS4, Switch, and PC. I hate when my Binary Star falls into darkness. Well, I hate when it was Made in Abyss. Yeah, no. <laughs> Which, isn't an abyss already in yep. the darkness? How can you make something in an abyss? There's nothing in there. No, I mean, it's just dark in there. You can make stuff in the dark. <laughs> nothing is preventing you from stopping from making well, stuff abyss implies, in an abyss. An abyss implies it's not just dark. It's, there's empty. It's empty, right? Or is that a vacuum? 
That's a vacuum. Well, then a I, vacuum is empty. I guess an abyss can have stuff in it. You just don't know. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. Never mind. Anyways. So you're, you're thinking, yeah, you know, you're thinking of a vacuum. I guess I'm thinking about a vacuum. Or it's just you, you in a vacuum, <laughs> trapped with nothing around you Fun except fact. maybe dust bunnies. Fun fact: They did a um, a very thirty-something thing this week. I bought a new vacuum. Oh wow! It's very nice. That's a good thing about hardwood floors. You don't need a vacuum. Well, yeah. Well, some of us still have carpet. Maybe that'll change uh, in a month. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, let's get into video game news, shall we? We start yes. with the biggest news story that's Hopefully. hitting your wallets. Yes. Well, not maybe our wallets, but if you're a international listener, maybe yours. Yes, because Sony has announced that the PlayStation Five will see a price increase. Yes. Up, up to 12.5% in numerous countries. Effective immediately, the price of both the standard PS5 and the digital edition will be raised in Europe, Australia, and parts of Asia and North America. Mm-hmm. However, there will be no price increase in the United States. Mm. Sony says the price increase is due to high global inflation rates. Meanwhile... Microsoft has told VGC that the UK retail price for its Xbox consoles will remain the same following a price increase announcement from the PS5. (laughs) Meanwhile, meanwhile, (laughs) Nintendo has also told VGC that it currently has no plans to increase Switch prices. So this is just a Sony thing. Right. I included those just so everybody knows because these these statements immediately came out from those companies after uh, Sony made this announcement. So yeah, no uh, increase here in the United States, but if you are overseas, just know that it'll be even harder to get a PlayStation 5 as it'll be a little bit more expensive. Um, yeah, this was uh, kind of rumored a couple weeks ago. I didn't include it because we don't include rumors mm-hmm. typically here. But yeah, uh, it's interesting that this actually happened because this is the first time ever a video game console has gone up in price instead of down in price after its initial release. So it just shows how weird times are globally right now. That is not true. What do you mean that's not true? Because you can now have to buy a unopened box of a Nintendo 64 for more than its original retail price. <laughs> I mean when it was a viable <laughs> platform, not years and years later. Not collector's editions? I mean, hey, if Sony wants to buy my uh, N64, I'm not using it. Although I'm missing its jump, like the, the, graph, uh, the, the memory card, uh, memory jumper pack. I don't know where it went. So, uh, yeah, I can't play it. But if you want an N64 and you have a jumper pack, I got you. <laughs> Let me know. Anyways. Uh, anyways, um, speaking of consoles that are still hard to get. Yes. The God of War, Jotunner, <laughs> you're, you're, still I'm, trying. you're still trying? You're still trying? Nothing? There, there were rumors a couple weeks back that they may have additional copies, but the closer we get to that November release date, the less likely it's oh, looking. Yeah. Those things got snapped up. Oh, I know. I was right there. I was trying to get it. Yeah, well. Yeah. All right. Um, speaking of games that are coming out real quick. Yes. Well, not really. Not real quick. Games were announced at Gamescom during its opening night. Yes, in case you don't know what Gamescom is, here's the short version. It is basically E3 for Europe. It is the biggest, I believe, uh, games-related conference uh, currently running. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, uh Jeff Keighley was out there uh, with his whole package, as usual, uh, doing an opening night uh, showcase, uh, if you will, of trailers and announcements and uh, new footage, new gameplay footage. 
Uh, because there was so much, I only included basically uh, new game announcements and release date announcements here. I skipped over trailers of things we knew existed already, yep. and I skipped over gameplay footage of things we knew about. Yep. Uh, you, I don't know, it's right there. I'm going to say you also skipped over the one non-game announcement. Yeah, there's one accessory announcement. Yeah. Which is the that the PlayStation 5 will be getting a DualSense Edge yes. Lord controller. This is their equivalent to the uh, Microsoft, the Xbox's Elite controllers. Yes. This will be a higher-priced, uh, changeable... Uh, the adaptive adapter yeah. triggers, uh, changing of the sticks, changing right. buttons, uh, mapping of uh, shortcuts. Yeah, for the PlayStation 5. Um, yes. I don't know if I need this. I feel like the DualSense is a pretty good controller. I like the DualSense already. Yeah, I don't know if I need the, a better version of that. I don't uh, think so either. Um, they said it's for competitiveness. It's to oh, give course. you an edge, <laughs> which is why they call it the DualSense Edge. See what they did there. Yes. Hmm. Anyway. Anyways, outside of that announcement, there was a lot of new games that yes. were announced. Let's go down the list here. Including a fantasy RPG, Atlas Fallen. Yeah, I don't know anything about this. I did not watch the footage, but yeah. Um, I think this one, I don't remember quite remember this one. There were a couple of ones that did stand up for Yeah. Uh, but it definitely wasn't this one. Was uh, <laughs> it this one? <laughs> Lies of P, the Souls-like game, uh-huh. which was uh, supposed to be, quote, inspired by Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah, so this was by far the weirdest thing yes. that was at Gamescom. I didn't watch any of this, I should mention, but I did see the fallout on Twitter about everybody being very confused about Pinocchio. Uh, yeah, so Lies of P, the P is standing for Pinocchio mm-hmm. is, yeah, based on the Pinocchio story. Not necessarily the Disney-fied version of it. The original version, from what I understand, which is a lot darker. Uh, but yeah, I don't get what this where this came from. Uh, if Who thought this was a good idea? It's baffling. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see more footage of that. Well, if you didn't get enough Pinocchio from the Lies of P, the actual Pinocchio <laughs> trailer for Disney Plus right. was released, um, coming out on Disney Plus Day. Which we'll talk about all the stuff coming out on Disney Plus Day yes. next time, right? As it will be our podcast before actual Disney Plus Day on September eighth. Ah, speaking of TV stuff, I just realized I didn't write down any of the TV thoughts I have. I actually have like three. So all right, I'll get so there we'll get when we get there. All right, uh, we also have DLC for Dying Light Two. Yeah, uh, Dead Island Two confirmed for February. Uh, Something called Killer Clowns from yes. Outer Space. Are you not familiar with Killer Clowns from Outer Space? No. It is an 80s cult horror movie. That is what it sounds like. Um, it's not a very, apparently a very good movie, but it has a cult appreciation for how ridiculous it is. That's what it sounded like. So this is a game that is by the people who did the Friday the 13th game. So it will work uh, similarly. It is a teamed up survival like competition game. Uh, that will be AV, based. It's yeah. an EV one game. It, yeah, it, it, it's it's that, uh, and so yes, it, it based on that movie. So if you're a fan of that movie, uh, this is a video game experience based on that. So get ready for uh, running from killer clowns that are from outer space. From outer space. Yeah. Uh, we finally got a release date yep. for Gotham Knights, which is ten. 10- 21. Yes, notable for being moved up, actually, four days prior to the original date that was announced. Yep. I'm probably going to get this day one. Wow, okay. Uh, Gamefly day one. Oh, me. Well. No, because no, I need something <laughs> between 
uh, what I'm currently playing and the yes. new Pokemon game. Got it. So this will be my little in between go. for a week. October game, birthday game. Yeah. No, you know what? My birthday game is coming out two weeks <laughs> later. It's true. God of War. Right. It's just yeah. This is the pre-birthday one. <laughs> pre-birthday game. Yep. Uh, we also have new Tales from the Borderlands, uh, which is also yes. confirmed for ten twenty-one. Yeah, as the name implies, this is a reboot of sorts of Tales from the Borderlands, which was the um, the Telltale Games adventure game based on the Borderlands games. Yes. Um, those were pretty celebrated when they came out. Although, of course, important to note. This is obviously none of the original developers or writers from that team because, of course, Telltale uh, got exploded about uh, five years ago. So, uh, yeah. Um, interesting, though, um, to Did, bring this back. Yeah, didn't they get exploded right after they released this? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, shortly after, but yeah. Um, yeah, the original Tales from the Borderlands. So, But yeah, people, there's a lot of fans of that original one. A lot of people say that's the best Borderlands thing was Tales from the Borderlands. So uh, if you like that mm. world and if you like that those kinds of adventure games. Too much Chris Parnell for me. <laughs> you can never have enough Chris Parnell, I think, <laughs> personally. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, if you liked Monkey Island yeah. way back when, we have returned to Monkey Island coming in September. Yeah, speaking of adventure games, uh, reboot of this classic series. Yep. Uh, we also saw more footage of Sonic Frontiers mm-hmm. and confirmed for an early November release date. Yeah, as much as so, Sonic fans keep asking for them to delay it, they refuse and it is coming out this year. <laughs> yep, that's going to be the holiday release. Yeah. Probably. We'll see. Uh, we also have Lords of the Fallen Reboot, which was announced. Yeah, that was a 2014 game that is getting a reboot. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And Destiny 2's Lightfall expansion coming in February. Yep, so more Destiny 2 com- content on its way. And the one game that you don't have on here, yeah. Forspoken, got yeah. even, was announced, got even more footage released, a little bit yeah. more of the story was revealed. That looks expansive. Also, I think this is a January release date. I hope it's good because they they really have not been making it look good in those trailers with the awful writing that they've been showing off. It's like, not about the writing. They put I, everything yeah. into the gameplay. We'll see. I'm hoping it's good. I hope it's good because I like the concept of that game. Mm-hmm. I just hope it's good because in a world where we're getting a Bayon- Bayonetta 3 uh, later this year, it's yep. kind of wild that, yeah, I, I'm hoping that this is as good, that kind of uh, combat seems similar enough to be in the same wheelhouse so we'll see, we'll see. Yep. um and yes there were also obviously other games that showcased more that were going on yeah but these were all the new stuff that got actual confirmed either yeah. date new or stuff new, uh, or brand new announcements new stuff right. anything else about gamescom i think that's the big stuff like we said we'll be keeping an eye on the rest of the week as it was a multiple day event Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll have more next week if there's anything else else that dropped. Yep. Uh, oh, Jeff Keighley did announce that video game awards were coming yes. back first week of December. Yeah, as always. As always. So, yeah, we'll get ready for ads, ads, and more ads when we get to December. Yes. All right. So, let's talk about some video game oh, thoughts. I just realized when we were in the music section, we did not mention the MTV VMAs are tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is live Sunday, uh, the 28th, as of this recording. So, yeah, if you're That's curious, on TV. Yeah, I know. It's TV and music. <laughs> yes. So we're in between crossover. both of them. So yeah, so I can say it now. Uh, so yeah, I'll pro- probably be watching that later. But. Okay. Anyway. Anyways. Video uh, games. You played two. I played two. Well, I tried to play one. Okay. 
Uh, Madden 23. Yeah. Um, the the 23rd Madden game. Yes. Is that true? <laughs> um, the John Madden edition Madden yeah. game. Uh, the recent deceased John Madden. Um, I was only able to get through... Well, one, I realized that um, my current laptop does not support the actual yeah. beast needed to run Madden yes. 23, so I didn't quite play. Yeah, it. I can imagine. But I was like, able to get through to at least like the main menu, and yeah, lots of John Madden in there. Uh, <laughs> looks like they're pulling from a lot of archived legacy, from yeah. not just the Madden games, but footage and clips of John Madden from the NFL, yeah. which is really nice to see. Um, definitely, this is a big tribute to John Madden, so if Absolutely. you're a big John Madden fan or like the Madden series, this is probably a good one to pick up. Yeah, from what I've been able to gather is, yes, that. It seems like they do a good job with the Madden tribute stuff. There's stuff in there where you can play as Madden the coach, and also you a lot of stuff in there with Madden the sportscaster. Yep. So you get all the arrows of Madden that you'd want. Um, additionally, um, I heard that the game itself is improved from last year. So if you thought last year's game was a little bit of a buggy mess, it sounds like they fixed a lot of those bugs this year. As we kind of predicted from last year, yes. where it still tried to be a half and half from last year, right. this would be a full-fledged um, current-gen console. Yes, so that seems to have helped it a little bit. Doesn't seem like it's perfect, though. I have seen a couple of glitch videos. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's Madden, um, and it's an improved version from last year. So it seems like, yeah, it's a buy if you skipped last year's game. Yep. Um, I did also thing. notice that um, in some comments around that during the Superstar mode, you can finally play as a linebacker hey, again. It's back. It's Multiple back. positions are back. You're no longer just the quarterback, receiver, running back. You love to be a linebacker. Yes, yeah. Some people love to play defense. You know, it's you know, fun. Because defense wins championships. Defense, defense does, <laughs> from what I hear, win championships. Yep. Anyway, so yeah, Madden. It's Madden. out. It's out. out. Have at it. Um, because it's football season, and we'll get to that in TV in just a quick, hot second. Mm -hmm. But first, we got to talk about the new game. Yes. That you were very excited for. Yeah, I was. And then the reviews came. All right, let's talk about Saints Row. So yes, for context, this is the reboot of the Saints Row franchise. They haven't made an enroll-pledged Saints Row game since Saints Row 4, way, way back on the in the 360 PS3 generation. Um, they <laughs> did, and then they made DLC for it, or a right. spin-off game, Get Out of Hell. Yes, but that doesn't count. Okay. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, uh, Volition made... Agents of Mayhem, which was a game that was panned also on its release. So yeah, there was a lot kind of writing, like like a lot kind of writing on Saints Row, uh, the reboot for this generation of consoles. Uh, early footage showed like they were going to do something a little different with the story, brand new story, location, and characters, doing away with the uh, crew from the previous games, mm -hmm. um, and that it was going to be an emphasis more on classic open world. Uh, craziness. Uh, try to build the game around, like, I don't know, it's about doing whatever you want, and it's less about goofiness and less about the story. Well, here we are, uh, release week, and yeah, day one, uh, it seems like they did exactly that, but it seems like nobody's uh, happy about it. It seems like the game itself is a little on the boring side, um, they, because of all the, like, the kind of excising of this goofier shit that they did, and on top of that, it is, speaking of buggy messes, a buggy mess. So you have experienced the bugs firsthand. You've experienced the game firsthand. What's your expression so far of Saints Row? Uh, it's buggy in parts. Um, there are some parts where I'll get to the end of the mission and it'll try and load the next section, but won't. It'll stop on the black screen with the logo, <laughs> try to load it, but it stops after reset. 
when I do, it resets me to the beginning of the mission. Mm. There's also other times where I'll complete the mission, but at the same time kill myself. <laughs> but because I killed myself and it me as a death, I don't get credit uh, for it. So I redo the mission. Ugh. Um, there are parts where I've been trying to change my clothes. I do some quick button input presses, and it freezes the game Oof. to the point where I see code written into the uh, actual clothing slots, and I can't uh, back out anywhere. And just a note, you are playing the PS5 version I'm playing the PS5 okay. version of this, yes. Um, outside of just the glitchy bugs that happen, um, occasionally like the game will just force close. <laughs> um, not all the time. But enough to where, like, okay, I guess I'm done for the day because you yeah. want me to be done. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, the missions are very repetitive mm-hmm. in that it's go here, kill people, <laughs> or drive me around and kill the people, or uh, we're going to do an escort mission, get on the roof of the car, and kill the people. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of shooting guns to the point where I've, um, almost in an attempt to non-speed run the game, have completely emptied my weapon slot of <laughs> any other weapons besides my fist, which you have to have, uh-huh. and an upgraded assault rifle. <laughs> because when they drop ammo, yeah, because that's the only thing I have equipped, they're just going to keep dropping assault rifle ammo. Right. So I'm just going to keep picking up the assault rifle ammo and kill them in two shots, two shots, two shots. Yep. I mean, the original one was kind of like that, too. I would just always upgrade to get the double pistols, and that's the only thing I would use. Right. Until, until, like, the helicopter mission where they made you pick up a rocket launcher. Yes. But, yeah, so it seems like, yeah, like, that's from, that checks with what I've heard as well, which is, like, very repetitive missions that are just not that exciting. Uh, they do do, they do have a new story. The world is very vast and very big, very wide. There's a lot to do um, in terms of little side objectives in order mm-hmm. to clear each area. But it does eventually, I mean, about... Uh, a good maybe a third of the way into it mm-hmm. um, feel like a chore that eventually I'm just going to mainline all the missions and then go back and be like okay now I can start like sweeping through an area and farming everything yeah so how is the story then so we're fairly familiar with the weird stuff that the first three games got at, or four games got into yep. uh, do they try to have at least close to that kind of sense of humor, or is this a more grounded take on Saints Row? It's a pretty grounded take. Um, it can be very um, obnoxious at times because uh, you can get like your character always wear like a taco hat. Yeah. So it's like, can I really take you serious as a <laughs> mob boss if you're wearing a taco hat? <laughs> it's always been that way, though. Uh, that's always been this game. Yeah. That being said, I made my character look like the cartoon version of Guy Fieri. <laughs> The mayor of Flavortown himself? Just so I could be the mayor of Flavortown in yeah. Saints Row. Why not? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's... There's a lot of customer creation to sure. it. Sure. If uh, it works. If it works. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when you add a, a color wheel to literally everything, you can create infinite and, and infinite uh, possibilities. Yeah. But at the same time, of those infinite possibilities, how many of them are you actually going to use? Yeah. So, how do you think it compares, then, uh, bugs aside, uh, to the previous Saints Row games? Uh, it's very Saints Row game-y. Uh, I kind of like the new characters. Okay. Uh, more so than I did the old characters. I'm really? Kinda, they're kind of growing on me. Okay, all right. Um, 
Yes, the old characters are very like <laughs> iconic and kind of like stuck in the ways over the top. Keith David has himself. Yes, I know Keith David has himself. Uh, but these new characters are kind of grown on me. They're they're very um, they have their own quirks. They come from the different uh, was it like mob regions? Right, bosses. right. They're all different uh, gangs, right? Yeah, they come from the different gangs yeah. and then help form the Saints, right? And then together you take out all the other gangs. Mm-hmm. So immediately, like within the first act, you're introduced to all the gangs, and you're just going around killing pretty much all the gangs that show up. Uh, it does help that in your mini map, like you can tell, like oh, like here's all the little red dots. Go kill all the little red dots. But just doing that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again <laughs> becomes very repetitive. Just okay, we're gonna come over here. I'll like oh hey, you need help with something. Yeah, I do. Oh, wait. The gangs are coming. Quick, kill everyone and save me. Then I'll do whatever you want. Bang, 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 bang. Okay, this place is now under the Saints rule. Mm-hmm. Rinse, repeat. Now, the variation is in what is kind of like the story of who you're kind of like defending against. But the actual gameplay, day, um, mission by mission, I'm going to say day in and day out, but mission by mission <laughs> is show up kill people okay you good yeah. move on to the next place go show up kill people drive this here drive this there help me here help me there mm-hmm. kill people you good okay yeah. move on to the next one but as someone who played a much more uh full of variety and much more interesting story-wise open world game to completion earlier this year horizon yeah. would you recommend this to anyone no. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like when so, there are better open world options, even I would say, better Saints Row games you can yes. play right now. Yeah. W- even like Saints Row Three and Saints Row Four, right. where they introduced a bunch of superpowers. Yeah. And yeah. Over the top madness, where I wanted to have the variety of doing the madness and the overpower stuff. Yeah. Uh, here it's, um, shoot guns, throw grenades, shoot guns, throw grenades, rinse, repeat. That's basically where I'm at right now, and. Because I was working so well for me, it doesn't make me want to do anything else. Yeah. And, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. I'm probably going to skip it until it comes on maybe Game Pass because why would I play this? Because there are better open world games mm-hmm. and there are better, like, like Saints Row games and this is, like, doing neither of those things well on top of all the bugs. So maybe wait, I would say. This, this is, is a, wait. a wait and see until this they fix it. See. Yeah. It's disappointing. It, it kind of is. I mean, yeah. there's... So one of the missions I showed you yeah. is that there's a wanted um, app through your phone where you can go, uh, basically have bounties put on yeah, people. Yeah, bounties. It's a bounty it's system. It's a bounty system. A wanted system. It's a bounty system. Um, but in order to complete the bounties, once you do, you the amount of XP and the amount of money that you receive pale in comparison to all the other missions that you could do. <laughs> So there's literally no reason to do the want the the mount the bounty missions, mm-hmm. unless you're trying to like complete stuff and put in challenges, because you, there's no reason to get the XP, get the money when you can get more XP and more money doing other stuff. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's Saints Row. It's an unbalanced game. Yeah. Seems like uh, maybe they should have cooked it a little bit more in the oven. Uh, it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, big disappointment, but it's there, I guess. It's there. It's out. All right. 
Move on then. Let's move in then. That's to it for television. We're moving on to the television section. We always start the television section with the sports wall. I mean, corner. Corner with of the my wall. fantasy football championship trophy back there. Yay! Hey, congratulations. It's fantasy football season. All right, let's move. Let's uh, talk about sports. First up, the U.S. Open of tennis begins now. <laughs> through, thank you for putting that. Uh, through September 12th. They bullied you long enough where you finally did it. Thank you. There, there are too many U.S. Opens. Yeah, there are too many U.S. Opens. Uh, September 12th for that. Uh, PGA Tour Championship Weekend is this weekend. Yep. Um, so check out golf. I think it's officially like the FedEx PGA Ooh. Tour Championship. Fancy, fancy. The, the uh, Little League World Series is about to wrap up. Your final is between Hawaii and the Caribbean. Yes, uh, Hawaii went straight through, uh, undefeated in the Little League World Series. Never lost nice. a game. And they'll be taking on the Caribbean ver- nice. uh, from the international bracket. Island and, battle. Um, as I mentioned earlier this morning when I saw it, battle of the vacation spots. I mean, yeah, <laughs> island, island tournament here. So, yes. Yeah, so uh, we'll see yes, who and, wins that. Yeah, uh, that game is being played uh, today. Yeah. But whoever wins... You're both winners because you beat all your uh, your other internal competitors. Yeah, there you go. And the WNBA is about to wrap up. It's having its semifinals. Your team's last team standings are Seattle Storm versus the Las Vegas Aces and the Connecticut Sun versus the Chicago Sky. Your defending WNBA champions, Chicago Sky. The Chicago Sky. So there you go. Basketball action heating up. Yep. Uh, And... Preseason football is yes. officially wrapped up, yes. and there has been a winner crowned. Okay. That being the Las Vegas Raiders. Hey. You officially won the NFL preseason because you're the only team that went 4-0. Wow. Will then, that continue into no. the regular season? But then again, they were the only team that was able to go 4-0 because <laughs> they played in the Hall of Fame game. Aha, that makes sense. <laughs> so, congratulations on okay. winning preseason. Your trophy's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so, regular season begins on... Not this week, but the following week. After following Labor week. Day. Got it. On the 8th. Thursday the 8th, where your defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams... Yes. ...will open up against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. The go. Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia. Yep. So, you um, go. Football. Yeah, if your table doesn't break over Labor Day weekend, <laughs> it will definitely break in the parking lot of that game. Yay! Yay. Anyway. Um, so yeah, football begins very, very soon. Uh, baseball's coasting. Um, what else do we got in sports? Anything else of note? Uh, baseball will wrap up its last month, yes. uh, starting uh, sometime next week. Yep. So yeah. Last regular season. Last regular season. As we go into and look... At a clearer and clearer playoff picture in the weeks to come. Yes. So far, no team has officially been guaranteed a spot right. in the elite playoffs. But let's be real. Yankees the Houston Dodgers. Astros will be in the playoffs. Yankees, Dodgers, and yes. the Astros will pretty much be in the guaranteed. playoffs. Guaranteed. guaranteed. Unless the Yankees skid continues. Uh, but they actually had a few wins this week. So yep. maybe maybe they're okay. But yeah, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, wild card spots are the more interesting thing to me. Yes. What if the Mariners make it to the playoffs? Will the world explode? First time in 20 years. Yeah, will the world explode if that actually happens? And God forbid they win a playoff game. <laughs> Get ready. Hold on to your hats, folks. Uh, Nintendo's going to be kicking themselves <laughs> if they sold all those shares. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Yeah, there are, 
our division is going to be the, probably the most interesting division to watch very soon. Yeah. Uh, as long as the Astros don't beat the pants off of them. But we'll see. And uh, in we'll <laughs> crossover between sports and video game. Yes. Get your fantasy football ready. Hey. Get your brackets ready. Put in your bets online yes. or at Vegas or wherever you're Do it. legally allowed to make a bet. <laughs> I'm looking at you, California, and your upcoming position. Yeah. Watch that balance. Everywhere. <laughs> Watch that ballot if you're a California voter. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. fantasy football. Uh, most people either have drafted or will draft this weekend or next weekend leading up into the final season. All right. So we'll see. Fantasy football talk will be, uh, I won't say it's going to come back to this podcast, but <laughs> yes, I will definitely be watching and paying attention and defending that trophy back there. Yeah, it's trash talk time. Yes, it is. All right. Let's move out of trash talking and sports into television news proper, even though uh, technically our first story is a sports story. Uh, so technically it should be up here in sports. But yeah. because the PGA Tour Championship is this weekend, there's also a big announcement. Yeah, a new league called the TGL. Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, McElroy, McElroy, are launching a tech-infused golf league in partnership with the PGA Tour, that will have players competing on six three-man teams in 15 regular season matches, and they play off starting in January 2024. The new league will feature two-hour, 18-hole matches on a virtual course. The matches will take place in prime time on Monday nights in a custom-made venue in a yet-to-be-determined location. Tomorrow Sports, that's TMRW Sports, uh, CEO Mike McCarley said, the company hoped to televise the matches. Fans will be able to bet on the matches where it's legal as the PGA Tour players compete for actual purses. So get ready for BR Golf. One, this is BR Golf. Two, this is the answer to Live Golf. <laughs> is it though? Because this is such a different thing. It, I mean, yeah. you're doing a team based but sport. Not in real life. No, in virtual. Virtual life. Yes. In the state in a stage, essentially. Yes. Yeah. So you all these players use virtual golf to practice. Right. Uh, to find, to adjust their swing, to find new clubs. Um, you can actually go to any like golf sporting shop and find a virtual golf kind of setup uh, arena. Well, not arena, but like yeah. venue. Uh, even like your local, uh, like Dick Sporting Goods will have a spot <laughs> that's yes. specifically made for virtual golf to help fine tune your golf club and that's not your swing, but like you can check out the clubs. Yeah. This reminds it's, me of the Formula E stuff, where it's actual professionals doing, like, futuristic-ass shit. Uh, it's, yeah, it's... Uh, where's the image of it? Yeah. This is the image <laughs> of it. Or a mock-up of what it yeah, looks like. Yeah, a mock-up like. of what it looks like. So it's in a... Uh, a yet-to-be-determined, probably Los Angeles, yeah. <laughs> a virtual arena where they'll hit golf balls into a virtual uh, setting on a golf course to get it up onto a green. But then they're going to probably place those balls on an actual green right? and have them put from there. Huh. It's an interesting concept. I'll be interested to see it actually in action when it happens. Um... But why not is the kind of what I'm thinking. Like, also, 
Like, why don't we just, in fact, go all the way with this? Let's just make all golf virtual, and then that saves us uh, how much water every year and, <laughs> and gives, like, room for affordable housing. And land back. Yeah. yeah, like, hey, why not? Let's just go all the way. So I hope this is a, 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 a success, is what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, so what this is essentially doing is getting you, getting the golfers out of driving or flying around to the different places. Right. Driving on the golf course, yes. dealing with the heat, the sun, the elements, yep. the wind, the rain. It's smart. Because, I don't know if you know this, golf kind of sucks. Like, when I you mean, think about it. I play golf. picture. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't kind of suck at golf. I know I suck at golf. I saw a really good uh, uh, post today uh, that was, like, somebody saying, like, why golf sucks and why mini golf rules. Yes. It's like all these things like, well, mini golf's on AstroTurf, there's interesting obstacles, and like you don't have to like be out in the heat, like all these reasons and more. Mm -hmm. It's better than golf. So why not make fantasy ass golf? I'm ready yeah. for this. Let's do it. Fantasy ass golf and cheerleaders. Awesome. Anyways, that's golf. Anyways, Let's that, move that's on. happening in yes. 2024. TGL. Let's move on to. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, if you're wondering, no idea what TGL actually stands for. The Golf League. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Tiger goes Tiger's, live. Tiger's Golf League. Yeah, Tiger's Golf League. There we go. Let's call it that. Let's move on to television news proper. We start our television news uh, with a, uh, a network familiar and near and dear to all of us, NBC. Well, they're considering doing something that might change the look of the network for good, shrinking the network's primetime footprint. According to a Wall Street Journal report, the broadcaster has had early talks about turning the 10 p.m. Eastern Time Hour back over to its affiliates. Nothing is decided yet, as the matter hasn't come up for formal discussion with its affiliate board. But the NBC's 2022-23 schedule, which currently includes 10 p.m. programming, is already locked in. So the earliest such a move could happen would be the fall season following. Until next year. Cuts in primetime would also likely mean earlier times for The Tonight Show, starring Jimmy Fallon, Late Night with Seth Meyers, and even possibly Saturday Night Live as well, which would be the first time on the East Coast SNL would be moved to an earlier time slot. So uh, this could actually have a lot of um, big changes. Um, traditionally, uh, since the 90s, I believe, network time slots have moved into the 10 p.m. hour. Yes. Uh, prior to that, I believe it ended at 9.30 with the final show being slotted there. Uh, but yeah, as, as long as we've been alive, for the most part, it's always lasted until 11. Yeah, and that's always been the case for CBS, NBC, and ABC. Not yes. so much for Fox or CW, where they end yeah. at 10. A little bit more experimental because of their relatively youth, relative youth compared to the yes. other networks. Yeah, um, but those big three networks... Yeah. Usually go uh, primetime programming from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. So I think it's, yeah, obviously this is cost-cutting measures. Less programming hour. One fewer programming hour means less programming you have to pay for. Mm -hmm. Also uh, interesting here is those moves potentially for late-night programming. Um, it may change late-night in the meaning of what late-night means uh, going forward. So it'll be it will be uh, fascinating to see what they do in that sector as well. So because all late-night shows are pre-recorded, nothing yeah. is live, uh, except for Saturday Night Live, they which could goes just live coast-to-coast. Coast. Right, it could just move forward. Yeah, they could just move it up to the one-hour slot between 10 and 11. I imagine if they do that, they move back probably to a tape delay on the West Coast, because no one is going to want to see 5.30 p.m. Saturday Night Live on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> we 
5.30 p.m. Well, I'm saying if they move it, say, like, 8.30 East Coast, that becomes a 5.30 show West Coast if they do They would live. move up 8.30 East Coast. I'm saying they could, though. That'd be wild. Anyway. No, they might move it up to 8 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock West Coast. No, 8 o'clock West Coast. Move it up half hour. Oh, well, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Interesting move, though. We'll see what they do with that. You know what they should do? Just make it the just make it the one hour retro block. Just old stuff. Yeah. Isn't that what Peacock's for? Yeah, but that was actually on Peacock, so you could put it here and say, "Hey, want more episodes like this? Yeah. Come to Peacock. Just make it a one hour ad for Peacock. <laughs> put on like random episodes, um, ranging from like stuff they have on there, from like Yellowstone, Downton Abbey, even older stuff, um, like a house that you could put up there and say, "Hey, here's one." Sp- episode of like retro TV or throwback TV. It doesn't always have to be Thursday, but just throwback <laughs> the throwback hour. Hashtag. Hashtag throwback hour from uh, 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. And use it as a time to promote Peacock, saying, hey, <laughs> like this episode? Watch more at Peacock. Well, uh, pitch them this and see if they hire you as a programming director. I mean, yes, <laughs> this is your pitch. Hire me. My check is in the mail. <laughs> Alright, let's move to a another network uh, that's... Uh, Let's say fate is questionable. This is finally the other shoe dropping. Uh, the weeks and weeks, months and months of us tracking. This is over eight months of yeah. us trying to track this story. Tracking what the fate will be for the CW. So as you know, if you've been tracking news in the last few weeks, Warner is under several different changes and cuts thanks to their new management after the merger with Discovery. Mm-hmm. This has mostly affected HBO Max, their streaming, uh, streaming channel, as countless programs have been torn off the series, canceled, uh, no longer coming out, pro- movie projects even being canceled before their release. Um, just chaos over at the Warner, uh, Warner Studios. Well, this continues through the CW as well, which is the channel that they co-own with, uh, with I believe... Viacom, yes, as part of the former UPN, uh, which got combined with the WB. Yes. So here's what we here's what's leading up to basically the new news here. Back in January, Viacom CBS literally beginning of the year yes. was going to be one of our first stories right. to start the year. Viacom CBS and Warner Media were exploring the sale of the CW. The Wall Street Journal, which first reported the news, said that local TV giant NextStar is among the potential suitors. Nextstar, which owns 199 local TV stations, as well as the cable channel News Nation and The Hill, is one of the largest owners of the CW stations. It wasn't immediately clear, though, whether Viacom and WarnerMedia planned to sell the entire network or retain minority stakes. News of the possible sale arrived as the network, a joint venture, of course, between CBS and WarnerMedia, has never been profitable since its foundation back in 2006, back when the two companies merged the former UPN and WB. As you mentioned. Yes. The CW previously had a long-standing output deal with Netflix that helped series like Riverdale and All-American reach broader audiences, but that pact ended back in 2019. As Warner Brothers TV and CBS Studios shifted library deals for their respective streamers, HBO Max and Paramount+. Plus. Also impacting the profit margins on originals is the fact that foreign sales have almost entirely ended, as CBS Studios and Warner look to retain those foreign sa- uh, rights for their respective streamers as well. 
The end of the Netflix output deal and loss of revenue from foreign sales created a larger concern for the studios that previously generated revenue not from linear, but from Netflix international sales. So that basically cut deep into their money. Yeah, they couldn't um, retain people on the site, but we're getting a lot of retraction from the streaming. Right. So instead of paying yes. it be on Netflix, we'll just pull it back to our internal of HBO Max and Paramount+. Plus. So between that and the news that we're going to report just in a second... They cut a lot of stuff from the CW. They canceled almost every original show that they had on mm-hmm. the surface, bar a few. Yep. Um, and they looked like they were doing so to court a buyer. Turns out that is true. It is official as of yester- or as of today, I guess. Warner Brothers Discoveries, Warner Brothers TV, and Paramount Global CBS Studios are indeed selling a 75% stake of the CW to local broadcast giant Nexstar. Paramount and Warner Brothers will or Discovery will each retain a 12.5 minority percent stake in the venture. The CW will continue to order programming from the two entertainment giants, though Nexstar is likely to look elsewhere for originals as well. So look for a more variety of shows on the CW. During a call to discuss the deal, Nexstar executives said their plan is to bring the CW to profitability by 2025. Quote, over time, we will leverage our experience in spending approximately $2 billion a year on programming, attracting and monetizing viewers, and transitioning News Nation, our national cable news network, from WGN, while maintaining a strict, strict focus on cash flow, says Nextstar COO Tom Carter. So, who knows, honestly, what this means going forward for the CW? Does this mean a complete rebrand of what the network stands for? Are they going to make a news focus part of the mission statement going forward for CW with this News News Nation branding? Like, does this mean we're going to see less of the youth market-oriented stuff? The 18 to 35 demographic? Right. Are we completely redoing what that means? I guess only time will tell. Uh, What they should do is use that money to buy already created programming for streaming stuff. That's not going. To, that hasn't been seen by a whole lot of viewers. Maybe I'm talking like stuff that's on IMDb TV or Freebie. Partner with them. Mm-hmm. Also, partner with uh, Tubi. <laughs> G- give me weird. Give me that weird Al yeah. uh, show with Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, weird on the new CW. Maybe. It's already made. It's already created. People aren't going to watch it over there. So buy it, and you can sell ad space for it. I mean, honestly, this is just a big question mark. It is. Who knows? We don't know Especially with the stuff that, on the Warner side, it looks like they're not going to court a lot of original programming on any of their services. So, I don't know what happens to CW at this point. Well, that's because Warner Discovery is not going to court original programming on the Discovery side. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of As we see. <laughs> reality programming. They're going to go heavy on reality and probably everything that they own. Yes. So, get ready. Brace yourself. But yeah, interesting, though, to finally see the result of this. Yeah, um, like I said, the, fi- the shoe finally dropped. Uh, we have been noting this entire year that mm-hmm. CW has been cutting programming left and right, just trimming up everything that they own, um, both Viacom and or both Paramount and mm-hmm. uh, Warner Media will retain together 25% stake. But that doesn't mean that Nextstar owns 75%. Yes. Overwhelming majority. So they call the shots. So they're going to call the shots, no matter what. So yeah, we'll see what happens. 
All right. Uh, this continues to be one of the biggest stories of the year. Yeah. Uh, right up there, which everything's over on HBO Max. Yeah, honestly, I think like Warner Discovery might be our story yeah. uh, going like as we kind of wrap up this year here in a few months. All right, let's wrap that up and talk about some TV shows we watched. All right, so you watched some stuff. Yeah, I'll just briefly start with a, cu- a few quick hits on stuff that I started but have not finished yet. Uh, but the one number one thing I want to talk about is an Amazon Prime show, believe it or not. Oh, is this the Paper Girls? No, I also wanted, I also watched the pilot for that, so I will talk about that. Okay. But no, the number one thing I want to talk about this week is the series of, of A League of Their Own. So, League of Their Own, of course, movie. Uh, cult classic, starring Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's no crying in baseball thing. Um, it was, it's of course a classic based on the real life thing, uh, where during World War II, uh, a league of, a baseball league with women, uh, was started and was actually a huge draw, a hugely successful experiment that inexplicably went away when the men came back from the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course the movie kind of tells you like the brief, brief story about how this happened. The series takes a little bit of a different approach. It is loosely based on the movie, involves a lot of the same, uh, like the same people. scenario, uh, but is way more character focused and is so character focused. And because it has time to really get into the beef of what that means, I think it's a fascinating, really fun, well written show. Uh, I'm only about halfway through it right now. Um, I'll probably wrap it up before we record next week. Uh, I'm having a good time with it. So, Darcy Carden uh, from uh, a good, The Good Place is the star here, also creative uh, oh, okay. control over this. Abby Jacobson of uh, former Broad Let's City uh, also is a creative lead on this, uh, also co-stars. Um, and yeah, their fingerprints are all over this thing. So if you like either of them, and if you like that move, if you like the movie, or if you just want to see a really well-written, well-made uh, dramedy. Uh, with some baseball, uh, this is definitely going to work for you. I think it's a really good time. Uh, so yeah, other two things I watched briefly this week. We watched the first episode of Netflix's Sandman. Okay. I talked about that last week. Yes, you talked about this last week. Uh, the only thing I want to add here is that it's not for me. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I got to the end of that thing and I was like, oh boy, I'm overwhelmed. This is a lot of fantasy bullshit. Uh, but very visually interesting, and I think fans of the comic will like how uh, closely it, ad- it adheres to that story. Uh, Christy's really liking it so far, and she's about halfway through. So, because I didn't spoil it, how was the surprise Patton Oswalt? Yeah, I was like, what? Didn't see that coming. <laughs> For sure. Um, then, as you mentioned, we also watched the first episode of Paper Girls on Amazon Prime, also based on a graphic novel. Uh, or I guess comic series to be more specific. Um, yeah, a uh, little confused about what they're trying to go for with that. Uh, from what Christy has told me from the comics is that it takes like three volumes of the comics and kind of stuffs everything into the pilot. So it moves very quickly. It starts out as like, oh, is this like a Stranger Things-esque like 80s, 80s tween girls like go on adventures thing? And immediately pivots by the end of the pilot where it is full uh, sci-fi like mystery stuff. And I was like so thrown off by that. I was like, maybe this isn't for me either. So, but Christy's probably going to stick with that as well. And I'll get feedback from her how it lands, uh, uh, hits the landing at the end of that run as well. So those are three really quick hits. 
But the thing I'm sure you want to talk about is we have reached the end of this season of Only Murders in the Building. And we know who did it. We know who did it. Were you surprised by who did it? I definitely did not see it coming. Yes. I think that the finale really worked for me because the double fake out totally threw me. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I believe that. And then immediately to be told, no, why'd you believe that? You're an idiot. This is actually what happened. Uh, that's one thing that Only Murders does yeah. constantly is they'll leave you with, because they bring it out on a weekly basis, at the end of every episode is your red herring. Yes. Yeah. Here, we think we're going to leave you this way, but the answer is no, it's not going to be that way. So I have a couple of feelings after finishing up the season. I think overall this season was better written and had more interesting characters. Mm-hmm. I think that overall I enjoyed this season more than the first one. That being said, I think the mystery was better executed in season one than season two. I think if season two's mystery was a little bit too complicated. Like you said, too many red herrings, too many left turns. Mm-hmm. And I think by the end of it, even the show realized that because there's a couple of lines in the finale where they admit like, man, we sure went like a lot of weird stuff happened to get to here. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was a little convoluted for my taste of a mystery. But overall... I think it proved the concept better than the this first season where it's like, yeah, like you really got into the heart of these characters and made you like the characters more and like all the zany quirks that they have, I think really shone brighter in the second season as opposed to the first season. So I think overall, I think it's still a very strong show. And I think that where maybe it wasn't as Emmy worthy season one, I think season two has made an Emmy argument. Yeah. I think we could see it compete. Yeah, definitely like the acting better here mm-hmm. um, because they were, like I said, first season, they need to flesh out all the characters, right. get everyone's backstory. Um, but here, it's more cohesive. They're already hitting the ground running, yes. especially from the first episode. And it's a lot more of active mystery right. and actively trying to solve rather than trying to um, prove innocence. And also spending less time trying to be as prestige as I think they were trying to in season one. Yes. Less a little, less like showing off, I think, which helps it, I think. Are you talking totally. about the one episode where everyone was, yep. yeah. It's like stuff that like, I think that they, they're more confident now and I think you need to be confident in your own self and stay in your own lane, I think, and they finally figured that out. Mm-hmm. Um, how'd you though like the teaser towards the setup for season three at the end? Because I'm not sure how I feel about it. It seems like a lot in like the five minutes that they allocated for it. Uh, well, one, <laughs> keep everything vague for the sake of everything vague. Yeah, I guess so. Um, also, surprise, Paul Rudd. Also, yeah, surprise, Paul <laughs> Rudd, which I actually was spoiled by. Oh no! Because I saw the Variety article that oh. said, "Hey." Season three is coming back, and they already have Paul Rudd. See, we didn't know. I didn't know that. So, so I, when we saw him, Christy literally freaked out. She was like, <laughs> "No." So when we started the episode, uh, my doctor was all like, "Oh, this is gonna be the last episode." <laughs> I was like, "No, don't worry. They're making a season three, and there you have a guest star." Yeah. Attached. I was like, "Oh, cool. So this isn't gonna be the end." And then we get to the end, and I was yeah. like, "Oh gosh, we're did already I just doing spoil this. it. We're already doing it. <laughs> we're already this. doing. It. We're already jumping into it." But yeah, Paul Rudd. Yeah. Um, will be in season three. Okay. So sure. I'm. I mean, after this season, I'm willing to watch another one of these. I'm interested yep. to see what they do with it, and this is a wild way to start it. So we'll see. Yeah. Wow. We actually did a spoiler, mostly spoiler-free, like version of this. But yeah. Good job. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's may have been too many red herrings yes. in this season. 
too many yeah. we're going this way now let's go this way now let's go this way now let's go this way but i think they've managed to mostly nail the ending yeah so that's good at least so speaking of nailing things the biggest television show of the week you watched yes the thing that garnered 10 million views yeah. on night one did they nail the return to the franchise with house of the dragon House of the Dragon is the prequel to Game of Thrones, focusing yes. on the dragon family of the Targaryens. Mm-hmm. Um, and this takes place 1,200 years before Game of Thrones actually Ooh. starts. I want to say it's about, no, about 1,200 or 120 years. Um, it's one of those, but it's the thing that happens to make Oh, it's the way that they're portraying the show that it's the series that's going to break up the kingdom of the Targaryens um, who are currently in power, mm-hmm. uh, currently on the Iron Throne. And it's going to show that they're going to be, they're essentially downfall into obliter- oblivion, mm-hmm. which, if you combine it with Game of Thrones, is seen as the rise of the Targaryens over the course of those eight years. Yeah. Uh, those eight seasons. So it's a nice companion piece of where it's an inverse relation of where you had someone start from or a house start from nothing into power. Here's the inverse of starting in power. And you can already see where the game of the throne is being played and how they're going to eventually reach a downfall. And the also like added political affiliations of trying to keep the kingdom and the realm in line with your throne and your power, and it's a Game of Thrones, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> less likely that you're going to have a rotating cast of like people who are going to be on the throne, like it was with Game of Thrones, like, oh, who actually has all the power here? And more it's going to be focused on the dragons, which is what a lot of people wanted from the first season. Right. Or from the first, yeah, the original show. Right. Uh, so, first episode is out. We've established our main characters inside of the House Targaryen, which is the House of the Dragon. They do tie it into the Game of Thrones by mentioning the poem of the Ice and Fire. They call it a poem of Ice and Fire mm. rather than a song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> but when you get a poem and then you're able to sing it, it becomes a song. So <laughs> I want to see that somehow happen, occur within the series yeah. uh, in order to like keep that melody and memory alive. But there's a lot of stuff to do to tie in. Melody so, and hey, memory, what? Yeah, yes, a memory. <laughs> they do use to tie it in because it's a tie-in game. I mean, it's a tie-in series to your original main franchise. Um, I think it was well executed. I think it brought back a lot of stuff that people liked from the from Game of Thrones before season eight. Um, that's going to bring in people, keep and retain them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to keep through the first season, see what happens, um, and go from there. Cautiously optimistic. Okay. That they're going to keep my attention. Yeah, because that's going to be the thing, right? I feel like so many people were burned by the finale of Game of Thrones that I think a lot of people probably return to this out of curiosity and hope that they don't screw it up again. Yeah, because, so... uh, because when we reported that with Game of Thrones ending, that they had 10 different spinoffs <laughs> and um, spinoffs of both uh, like prequels and sequels in the works for Game of Thrones. And this was the one thing... That actually made Survived. it to yeah. production, development, and to series. So a lot is riding on this, I'm sure, uh, internally, for this uh, franchise to continue being as strong as it is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that they at least got a 
decent start, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, George R. R. Martin did come out and say that he would like this to be the starting point for a MCU like <laughs> House of, or like uh, Song of Fire and Ice Game of, of Thrones. Of course, he wants that. Plus, everyone wants that because like, he wants to line his pockets with more money. Of course, he wants that. And I say that if he really wanted that, you would have finished your book. <laughs> you would have had a complete series. Well, you know, there's only so much you can ask for him. <laughs> Yeah, you can ask him to finish a book that he was supposed to finish five years ago. Yeah, well, thanks to one things. All right. <laughs> With that, anything else that we need to talk about television-wise? Um, yes, starting next week, uh, coming into September. Uh, one, I'm going to have to get Amazon Prime again. <laughs> or at least uh, be able to log back into it. Because Thursday Night Football. Right. Not next week. Next week um, is the beginning of... Sorry, not next week. Um, the week after, on the 8th, is the... Uh, so, September 8th is the start of football season. Mm. That will be prime time. The following week, the 15th, uh, September the 15th, will be the first Thursday night prime... The Thursday night football game on Amazon Prime. I might be able to hook you up with that. So, you don't have to spend any extra money. No, no, no. Uh, Doctor has Amazon oh. Prime. Oh. Uh, she just doesn't know her login password. <laughs> That's a problem. Yep, it's Turns a problem. Out. It's a problem. <laughs> so anyway. yeah, we'll get that figured out by yes. then. But yeah, just a reminder to everyone out there, if you want to watch Thursday Night Football, the only place you can watch it on is Amazon. Sorry. The only legal place yeah, you can watch you it on is mm-hmm. Amazon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyways. All right. That, um, as we get into September, um, you, yes, you out there, We'll start seeing more ads for TV returning in September. Yes. I believe TV starts returning on the 12th, which is the week after Labor Day. We've already started seeing ads on Fox for the return of 911 and uh, The Resident and The Cleaning Lady, all happening on Monday <laughs> the 12th, including like the new season of uh, uh, Mass Singer. Uh-huh. So Monday, uh, September 12th, the beginning of TV returns. We look forward to it. In the meantime, here's some TV shows that will or may not return in cancellations and renewals. All right. What am I no longer watching? Well, you're still watching The Chi- the Chai, I believe. <laughs> uh, the Chai. Yeah, you're also watching your Chai Tea on Showtime as it's getting renewed for a sixth season. Yep. Paramount Plus will be bringing back RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars for an eighth season. HBO. Well, that's in addition to last week we yes. announced that RuPaul's Drag Race will be returning proper. Yep. HBO will be bringing back Summer Favorite, the rehearsal, for a second season. Uh, so that actually did have its finale. I watched yes. it. I finished it. Okay. I think I talked about it last yeah, week. Yeah, you talked about it last week. Yes. Disney Plus bringing back The Villains of Valley View for a second season. Sure. Or just Disney, I guess. Yes, Disney, Disney Channel. HBO, inexplicably, will be bringing back Curb Your Enthusiasm for a 12th season. Because Larry David asked them to. Which I believe means that Curb has now run longer than Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah with that. <laughs> Wild! Netflix uh, will be bringing back Extraordinary Attorney Woo for a second season. And we'll be wrapping up the Umbrella Academy after the forthcoming fourth season. Yep. Um, we talked about, or at least I talked about season three a couple of weeks ago. It was still, will they, won't they? And yeah. Netflix is like, okay, you brought us enough money. Go have your finale. To be fair, though, it sounds like Gerard Way has said that he never planned on it going forever and that he's okay with being able to wrap up the story. So it's not like one of those classic Netflix cuts before it was due 
this one seems like it was a creative decision as well. That it was like, it's okay that it's in there. Right. Well, also, as uh, I noted during season three uh, wrap-up, is that they ran up to and are current with the current series. Right. So, yeah. So, a whole lot of could either be, like, what the creator actually wanted to end, how they actually wanted, or they could be, hey, Game of Thrones style, do whatever you want. Right. Here are my um, thinly veiled notes. We'll see. I mean, Gerard's going to have a busy year, though, with new My Chemical Romance uh, music and a big tour uh, wrapping up. So, yeah, Uh, he's got a lot on his plate. We'll see. And then, of course, there will be another season of House of the Dragon after this one wraps up. Because, of course, there will be. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're HBO and you see, whoa, we got 10 million viewers? Yeah. And people kept saying that they hated Game of Thrones finale? And 10 million came back to it? Yeah. So, ignore. Yeah. Do it. Get back to it. Yep, second season, like, official. All right, that wraps up cancellations and renewals. No deaths this week. We roll right into movies. And we always start the movie section with the weekend box office numbers. And guess what? Anime is back in town. Yes, so um, congratulations. <laughs> Animation. Yes. Domination. Well, Dragon Ball Super, colon, Superhero, which is the newest Dragon Ball film, yep. premiered to a $21 million debut, topping the box office. Followed that, at number two, is Beast, with an $11.5 million debut. That's the Idris Elba versus Yes, and if you want to hear my thought about both of those, you can find our podcast from last last week. week. Following that, at number three, Bullet Train, coming in uh, with another $8 million. That's a a nice $69 million domestic. Nice. Number four, Top Gun Maverick, still making money, $5 million, adding to a whopping $683 million domestic. And rounding out your top five, DC League of Super Pets sticking around, another five million, adding to a measly sixty-seven. That means that for the first time this summer, Thor has been dropped from the top yes. five. Uh, but that's okay because Thor will be premiering on yes. Disney Plus uh, on the eighth of September, right. Disney Plus Day. So in just a week. Yep. All right. Upcoming in theaters this weekend, you have. One, two, three movies. I guess one kind of midweek here. 3,000 Years of Longing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this is the George R... Or it's George Romero? Oh, is it? Yeah. No. no? George Miller. I, keep, I messed that George up last Miller. week, too. George Miller from Mad Max. Right. Yes. Uh, starring Idris Elba. Yeah. As a genie in a bottle. Right. Yes. Yes. I've heard of this. Yes. With Tilda Swinton. So there. Uh, yeah. Um, that actually got moved up. It was, it was actually premiered this week. Uh, this is an old note. Okay. Yeah, it was supposed to premiere on the 31st, so it met by the end of summer, but then um, whoever was in charge decided to huh. bring it up into the actual weekend because there's nothing actually premiering the weekend besides this. Turns out. Now, for the next one, is this one movie or two movies? Uh, this is one movie. Honk for Jesus, save your soul. Yes. One movie, okay. One movie. What is Honk for Jesus, save your soul? This is a film starring Sterling K. Brown ah. uh, and Regina King as a mockumentary. Okay. It's not documentary style, but it's mockumentary about a pastor in the South who goes through some, uh, let's just say some uh, legal issues. And it's creating a documentary to show people, like, hey, I'm just like you. Like, we're coming, like, bring, like, the pulpit back. Bring people back to Jesus. Yeah. It's mockumentary style starring Sterling K. Brown and Regina King. Looks funny. Um, But, yeah, uh, the title is 
called Honk for Jesus. <laughs> Save your soul. It's good. It's a good name. Yeah. All right. With that new release, we move on to movie news. And our first story is yet another story about the ongoing craziness over at Warner. But this week, maybe some good news for DC fans, as we we'll have see. a creator continuing his uh, his creative control with uh, some new films, and then also some dates uh, getting scrambled around for future DC films. Yes. First up, Matt Reeves and his 6th and Idaho production company have signed a multi-year first-look deal at Warner Brothers. In addition, Reeves has re-upped with the Warner Brothers Television Group and Chairman Channing Dungey, where he is also working on the Batman spinoff series The Penguin with Colin Farrell. Under the terms of the new film deal, Warner Brothers Picture Group's production divisions, Warner Brothers Pictures, New Line Cinema, Warner Animation Group, and DC Films, will have first-look rights to Reeves' work as a writer, director, and or producer. Yeah, this is just uh, signing him to basically everything within yeah. Warner Brothers. They're basically giving him kind of the keys to the kingdom. Makes sense. Notice how it's not specifically for DC. Right, it's, it's for anything. Anything. New line, animation, yeah. uh, Warner Brothers Pictures proper. Are they trying to fight you him? Uh, no. <laughs> they're, no. They're, they're trying to um, John Lasseter him. Ah! Mm. <laughs> Don't like that. Well, you know, John Lasseter went from Pixar to right. like pretty much everything in Disney. Yeah, well. Yeah. Not that, for long. That's how all that worked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next up, uh, there was a shakeup in the DC schedule as James Wan's Aquaman and The Lost Kingdom needs more time in post-production. So it's moving from March 17th, 2023, way back to December 25th, 2023. This means that there will indeed be a six-year time... God damn, it's been more than six years, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Between the first Aquaman and the second Aquaman. Oh, rough. To backfill that March 17th space, and also to capitalize on an Avatar-less March so far, David F. Sandberg's <laughs> Shazam, watch the move it back, uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods will be moving off its December 21st release date and heading to that old date. So, right after um, Comic-Con, yes. where they had a big announcement for Shazam Fury of the Gods, yep, moving it, it is once again being pushed back. Reminder, that was supposed to be released right. this summer. <laughs> that did not make it. I think I pushed back to this December for Christmas. Yeah. And yet again, being pushed back. Well, there you go. Uh, the joke I saw on Twitter was that by the time this movie comes out, the kids will be old enough to uh, order alcohol at the <laughs> theater. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, uh, other big release dates for Warner that are moving include LeBron James's reboot of House Party on December 9th, Lee Cronin's Evil Dead Rise on April 21st, 2023, and Stephen King's Salem's Lot moving from that April 21st date to a to-be-determined date sometime next year. If ever, because yeah. early screening about Salem's Lot uh, is uh, saying that, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe we don't want to release this. And maybe another one of those uh, write-off things. Right, that's the other thing we should Warner mention Brothers. here. All of this is a maybe, because Warner has already proven recently that they are not afraid to completely just write off a completed movie. Uh, except for Black Adam, apparently, because yeah. that is still on the schedule. And except for the the Flash, the, that withstands all possibility somehow <laughs> to get it canceled and still somehow be a movie. Uh, we don't have time to get into it. But yes. yes. Anyway. Anyways, uh, last bit of news here. Um, well, kind of like a more of a good feeling news. Um, 
because the Batgirl film is officially being yes. uh, canceled, shelved, vaulted, um, what Warner Brothers is going to do instead is provide a one-time screening only for the cast and crew on the lot right. for the Batgirl film because it was pretty much completed by then. So that's something. It's a nice move for the people who are involved in it. Yeah. But man, if it's done, just put it out there. Well, you know, they got to have a budget to market I it and release it and sell the theaters. I get it. It's so. also, it's, I mean, that's also why they're pushing it back these films because according to Warner Brothers, they, quote, don't have the budget for the remainder of this year. Sure they don't. For, to market these films. Anyway. Shit. Anyways, let's move on to something else that won't die. <laughs> Movie Pass. Hey, this is another one of those uh, stories that we've been tracking. Yes. So way back in February, we heard that Stacy Spikes, I guess an executive over there. Uh, one of the original founders yes. of Movie Pass. Announced that Movie Pass will relaunch this summer. Yes, the summer we're in right now. Yes. The revamp will reportedly use virtual currency and tiered pricing plans, though no specifics were given during that presentation. Spikes did share that MoviePass will employ a credit system, where credits will roll over month to month. Those credits could also be traded or shared with other people. Spikes also suggested that users can watch ads in order to earn more of those credits. Spikes previously told Insider that his bid for the MoviePass assets was less than $250,000, which was the original minimum set by the bankruptcy tru- bankruptcy trustee following the cha- Chapter 7 bankruptcy filed by Helios and Matheson back in 2019. So he bought it back for less than yeah. he sold it for. Back to this current week. Starting today, as of the 25th, you can sign up to be on a waitlist to become a MoviePass subscriber. But the waitlist will only be open for five days, so clock is ticking, people. The new movie pass is scheduled to launch around Labor Day, and its first users will be those at the top of that waitlist. Now, as first reported by Insider, the movie pass subscription will cost $10, $20, or $30 a month, depending on where you live, and will give you access to a certain number of movies each month. There's no unlimited version, though, at least not yet. You'll still be able to use a movie pass branded debit card to get into any theater or use the movie pass app, and in a nice new change, you'll be able to use your credits to bring friends to the theater. If you were previously a MoviePass customer, like you, you will apparently get some complimentary bonus credits. So are you on this wait list? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> are you near the top of the wait list? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so I saw this news um, on a Tuesday. The <laughs> application would open up on a But for you, it was Thursday. a Tuesday. Me on the Tuesday. Because <laughs> I was just, uh, like, randomly looking, uh, like, hey, what happened in MoviePass? Or, like, there's, like, uh, there's like an ad or someone had a graphic image that had MoviePass on it. Yeah. So I was like, hey, that's a news story from MoviePass? What is this? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, MoviePass officially opened at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. Which is 5 a.m. here. So I got in line at 7 a.m. when I actually uh-huh. woke up. Well, congratulations. Uh, so, so, yes, I am uh, in the wait list for Movie Pass. If it does eventually come back, I am definitely going to get the debit card version <laughs> because it will be a black card this time and I can uh-huh. pair it with my red card and be like, yes, <laughs> Movie Pass. Movie Pass. Yes. So, you will have first, uh, first uh, person experience here soon with the Movie Pass experiment to tell us how it goes. Yeah. 
I assume because we're in the LA area, it's going to be thirty dollars. Probably, a month. yeah, the full full blast. I'm going to see if I can't um, get my way into a lower tier if it's because I'm I'm not going to the movies as often as I used no, to. No, no, especially with the amount of movies that are coming out. I'm right, it. it is a questionable time to put this back in theaters. Yeah, that's so. a lot of the articles that I read about this is that you know with movies not coming out on a consistent yeah. basis and with the main movie of the year currently being Tom Cruise, uh, <laughs> Tom Cruise's Top Gun Maverick. Is there a need for Movie Pass if they're not putting out enough movies to fulfill that demand? No. The answer is no. But you're still going to do it because that's just who you are. I mean, <laughs> Movie Pass allowed me to see 52 films in it a did. year. Did I don't even know there's 52 films that we even talked about so far this year. Um, I could don't try. actually check that. We don't have time. Let's wrap up. No, we don't. I think we're like in the 30s. Okay. I think for movies. Anyways. Anyways, yeah. Movie Pass is indeed coming back. Yes. It's going to, uh, you can sign up right now. But like I said, um, yeah, 30, 30 movies so far this year. 30 movies. Um, but yeah. Uh, you have to sign up in order to get waitlisted. Once you're waitlisted, uh, after those five days, which I think ends on Tuesday, it will close. You can, the only way you can sign up for MoviePass is to be invited by someone else. Yeah. So there you go. So expect something in your emails <laughs> soon. <laughs> cool. Good to know. I will take a look. All right. That wraps it up for the story this week. That wraps it up for movie news this week. Did you watch any movies this week? Uh, no, I did okay. not watch any movies. Like I said, yeah. uh, if you want to hear my thoughts on Dragon Ball Super, colon, Superhero, yes, and Idris Elba's beast last week. That'd be last week's podcast. And I did not. I opted out of watching movies on the plane. What? Uh, because I wanted to listen to music instead. And AirPods only last four hours, and it was a five-hour flight. Oh. So I had to choose what I did with them, and I didn't bring any um, wired headphones either. So, so yeah, um, I ended up not choosing to watch movies. So I did not watch any movies. Oh, boo. But I do plan on watching uh, Thor Love and Thunder when it comes out on Disney+. Plus. Yep. So maybe by next week? No, we'll be recording after yeah, well, before so that. Next, so. so next week's episode, we will have all Disney Plus announcements, yeah. which will come out because uh, Disney Plus Day will be uh, September 8th. Um, Not next week, then. Next week will be the third when we record. Yeah, that's what I said. So prior to that. Yeah, next week. <laughs> on our next podcast, we'll talk about all the stuff coming yeah, out Disney yeah. Plus Day, okay. which is on the 8th. And then the following week, we'll talk about those and then, Yes, and we'll talk about it the following week. Yes. And then the week after that, <laughs> on the 17th, we'll talk about all the stuff currently planning for D23, which yes. I think is... Somewhere around there. Yeah, somewhere in the end of September. Cool. All right, we'll look forward to that. In the meantime, that'll do it for the movie section, and that will do it for the Media Boat podcast this week. Hey! Hey! So, thank you for watching this week's episode. If you want to catch us live on YouTube, you can find our YouTube channel by searching Media Boat Podcast on there. Like, subscribe, click the bell for notifications when we go live, uh, which is especially helpful when we do it on weird days like we did today. Yes. You can also find us in audio form, if you're a more traditional podcast listener, on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere you listen to podcasts, search Media Boat Podcast and you'll find our feed. You can also find us on social media channels such as Twitter, where we're at Media Boat Cast. 
You can find us on MediaBoatPodcast.com, where you can see an archive of our previous shows. You can even ask us questions, comments, give us feedback if you email us at MediaBoatPodcast at gmail.com. All that and more is how you can get listen to our shows or comment on our shows, and uh, we will read those comments on our uh, program if we receive any. So thank you for the feedback. We appreciate it. We will be back next week in person, all likelihood, uh, again. So check us out on YouTube. In the meantime, have a good week, and uh, we will see you. We'll be back next week with more news, more thoughts, and more of us. More everything. Okay, bye. Bye.